The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching call. This is Frank Congelos, your host, along with David Suki. Dave, good to see you. Good to be here again, Frank. Always. So, Dave, you know, our past show that we did, we were talking about wealth eroding factors, and we were talking about making sure we protect our todays before we plan for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And now that we've kind of discussed that a little bit, and through the course of the year and so forth, we'll do deeper dives into some of those areas. What we're going to focus on today is really about planning for tomorrow. And when we talk about planning for tomorrow, we always talk about rates. And I always say that there's three key rates. And I think you're having the same conversation yes. with people, which is what are the top three that you're talking about? Yeah. I think they're the same as mine. But three R's, Frank. The three R's. Rate, right? The rate, rate of savings. Okay, or rate of accumulation. How quick we accumulate it, and right. how much we're putting away. The common one that's out there for a lot of us is rate of return. What am I earning on my money as it's invested and saved? Absolutely. And then the one retirees start to learn about. Typically, it's it's when they step off into retirement, ironically, Frank, and they should learn about it a lot sooner, is rate of distribution, okay, or commonly known as withdrawal rate on their funds. How much are they spending a year? Now, you want to know what's always interesting is, so Dave, I'm doing this for a while, you know, 35 years. It's the only thing I've ever done, you know, mm -hmm. other than, you know, when I worked as a kid. It's interesting, in all these years, people still talk about rate of return above everything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And yet, at the end of the day, the one rate you have the least control over is what's your return going to be. Yep. Because returns are dictated by the market. And you cannot predict the market up, down, sideways, whatever. Okay, all that we know is over historically a period of time what it's done. And although we know the history is not going to repeat itself or may or may not, we focus all our effort on that. We worry about it. And the other two areas are really the ones that we can control and we ignore them. Very so, true, Frank. Very true. So let's perhaps start talking about the whole idea of you know rate of accumulation, which is, you know, there's a lot of things that people talk about, but the essence of that comes down to what are you talking to people about as it relates to? Yeah. The, so the What's, rate of savings per year, Frank, on based on how much we earn in a given year, what percentage of that are we are we setting aside for our tomorrows, right? Okay, that rate of savings. So a healthy one, right? We get asked all the time, what's a healthy one? I'd say a healthy one is 10%. A super healthy one, an ideal one, is 15%. And that's of gross income. So, so I'm not great at math, but if I have a person with $100,000 a year gross income, the ideal savings rate is 15% of that. It's $15,000 a year. And when we were talking in our last show about wealth eroding factors, in order to overcome those wealth eroding factors, you, you need to be a world-class saver. You need to get to 15 to 20%. And the reality is, is a lot of our listeners are thinking, some are doing it, and we congratulate are, you. Yep. But there's some saying, there's no way, I'll never get there. Yeah. So there's certain things that they could do fundamentally to work towards it. So you know, there's a saying in our business, which is, you know, pay yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, how are you helping people or putting in processes to help people to pay themselves yeah, first? Yeah, it really starts with a, a mindset, Frank, right? So it starts with understanding that that happens. So look, this, this should be stuff we all learn when we're kids and that should be embedded in our, and it is embedded in some cultures, Frank, you know that we have some cultures that they save half of their income. The Absolutely. That we deal with. 
in America, most of us don't. We spend and save what's left over. So the idea is, as we get started in our careers, or even if we are in our careers, we need to adjust our lifestyles, all right, first, to make sure that we're saving that 15% first. So it's really a lifestyle shift sometimes, Frank, and it's not easy, right? I don't want someone to tell me I can't do something in order for me to better be prepared for tomorrow. But as we know, Frank, it's hard easy in anything we do in life. If we do the hard now, typically it's a little easier on us later. Then that's everything to do with our health, relationships, money, anything, right? So we're talking about how to become a better saver first before we are an investor or what our rates of return are. And you need to have a holistic approach and look at where all of your dollars are going in the matter of a, of, of a month or a year. You know, David, you're saying that one of the things, and I write about it and I talk about it, is if we just started to track where every dollar goes in the course of a month, so if you got yourself a little book, and every time you took out a credit card, every time you wrote a check, every time you took out a dollar, and you just started to write down Absolutely. so that you become conscious of it, that in itself helps to improve what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, in staying with that, um, one of our other advisors you know, who are affiliated with this guy by the name of Dave Mazika, who's phenomenal, one of the things that he does with clients and that you know, I, I, a takeaway that I have with him is he actually sets up, he calls it a wealth coordination account or he tells people to do that. And he puts a process in place and we do the same thing for our clients and the people we're dealing with. But the process is, is that when they get paid, they get, say, a direct deposit, and they put it into the wealth coordination account first, first yeah. as compared to putting in the checking account first. And then right after it goes in that wealth coordination account, it can almost be simultaneous. The amount that they need for what I call the monthly spending plan, or AKA, we call it a budget, but nobody <laughs> wants to be on a budget. So we'll call it the spending plan. We immediately have that money go into the checking account that yes. we live out of. The benefit of doing that is by not uh, putting it in the spend checking account first, it develops the habit of just working out of your checking account. So what that means is pay increases, bonuses, additional money that's paid somehow will increase in that account and then ultimately will start to increase the savings rate. So we don't spend, then save. Correct. Correct. And it's effective, Frank, because it – and listen – one or two percent difference in a year could be huge, significant over a twenty or thirty year period. If you, if we're talking about a lot of tomorrows, right? So, we're not. I've never been a believer. I think, Frank, that it, you go from all from nothing to all. Right? right. You may have to take tiny steps, but make progress, not perfection, in, in each year as you look at your finances. So, if you were ten percent saver next year, try to get to eleven or twelve. And Dave does a great job of putting in an intentional way to help you do that. And then you don't you don't really feel it as much, and it really works. We've proven it over time. I think it's a great perspective. And then just on working on that first rate, which is the rate of accumulation. The other thing is, and I really believe that people need to work with some type of a financial coach. Yes, they need someone that could kind of take a view of finances that are not in it every day, and just look and say what could be done more efficiently, more effectively, or whatever the case might be. I, Frank, I have a great story I share, and you know this because you lived it with me, I'm in the business 18 years. I have a coach. How many times have I sat with you, and I sat down, and I had a, I had a, and I've been doing this, I've I've considered myself to be pretty knowledgeable in it, and and helped a lot of people, and I'll sit in front of you, and you'll show me something, just because it's not your stuff, 
and see how it's my stuff and I get a little emotional about it. We tend to get emotional about our stuff. And you'd point something out to me. Well, you could do it this way or do this or do that. And I'm like, hmm, I didn't even see it because I'm just in it every day. And that's another big takeaway for why you need to have a coach. Just see it differently. That's a great perspective, Dave. So the takeaway on accumulation rate is pay yourself first. Put a process in place to do it. Track your spending so that you become accountable. And when I say accountable, we're trying to really make you aware. Yeah. Not necessarily accountable. Nobody likes to be accountable. But then work with a coach or a financial advisor that can really help you to see if there are ways to increase opportunities to save, whether it's taxes, debt management, reducing fees on different things. Get rid of some of those wealth eroding factors. Yes. Okay. And by eliminating eroding factors, you'll your wealth will go up faster. So let's talk just a little bit now on uh, rates of return. And again, Dave, how much yeah. control do we have over yeah, this? We don't have any, Frank. We don't have any. And Based on what we're investing in, Frank, the rates of return could be very vast in terms of from a bigger loss to a bigger gain, right? And you've seen that with, if you own your own business, your rate of return in your own business could be significantly different than somebody who's just putting their money in a bank account or into the stock market, right? So first you got to know who you are as, you know, you're getting into the world of now saving for your future or investing. What asset classes are you investing in? And what are the rates of return associated with those? It's a great perspective. And Dave, as you just said that, you know, because, you know, we try not to get too technical on these calls. But the reality is, is that if we look historically, 94% of the returns in a portfolio come from how you allocate. That's right. And it becomes one of asset class investing rather than trying to pick which stock or whatever, because, you know, we, we recognize that, that again, that 94% came from the allocation, 4% comes from selection, 2% that I picked the right timing or not. Right. So with that being the case, what it really comes down to is working with an advisor to help get the allocation right. Now, it was interesting. I saw uh, a young gentleman yesterday. He's all of about 35, 36 years old, you know, a little younger than you. <laughs> and we were talking about you know where, there, where his money was, and he was doing great. You know, he's got his money in one asset class, which is, you know, he's had, say, large cap growth. Right. In the last few years, that was pretty good so, for him. Yeah. And what I said to him, I said, well, that's great. And then I showed him, you know, effectively all the different asset classes. And what we saw was, is like, out of all those asset classes, large cap growth is not the number one asset class every year. There's been times when it's been the worst. Mm-hmm. And what we were really trying to identify is how could he better allocate his portfolio amongst asset classes to really smooth out his ride a little bit, and still achieve very nice rates of return long-term. Absolutely. And rates of return are important, Frank. They are an important factor because we talked about inflation. We talked about things costing more in our future. So the dollar I have in my pocket today erodes in over time. So I need to grow its value. So I do need to have a rate of return on it. And then I need – so that's number one. Number two, I have to be aware of – well, where am I putting it and what, what is my total rate of return, right? Because if I have money sitting in the bank at zero, Frank, and I had money in this large cap growth fund at, let's say, 15%, those two pools of money are, are not growing at the same level, all right? But they are both important because they're, they're needed for different reasons in our lives. So that's another way to look at it, a holistic view of what am I earning on my overall We portfolio. call it the total rate of return. Yes. And, the, and the reality is, is 
you know, we're usually not wired for money. And, and when I say that is, is, you know, when things are going up and they're going up, yeah. everybody feels great. I want to be yeah. in. Yeah. And so what we do is we're buying as things are going up, we're buying high. And then when things are going down, I'm like getting scared and I'm thinking, I want to get out, <laughs> get me out. And I'm you, selling you, low. You know, Frank, my 10 year old said this to me. We got a big roller coaster. And she said, you know, dad, it's amazing. Nobody screams on the way up. They all scream on the way down. And I looked at her, I said, hon, that's like investing. <laughs> and she kind of got it. Should I understand when you're losing and you, you, the fear is there, you scream. And what do you feel emotionally? Get me out or, you know. And listen, on the roller coaster, some people like that rush. But for most of us, we don't like the rush of losing money, Frank. That's not, doesn't sit well with us. It stresses us and we have anxiety around it and all that. So very good point. Emotionally, we're our own worst enemy when it comes to, to our investments. And, and the key is really working and being truthful with your advisor so that you have the right allocation so that whatever level of volatility is acceptable to you, you're in the right place so you're not jumping in and jumping out because you notice I didn't say jumping in and not jumping out or one <laughs> or the other because if you jump in and out, you're effectively timing the market and you got to time it twice. I got to time the out and the yes. in and that's impossible to do. Okay, I don't know anybody that's done it well. So if we tell you is you can't do it, but you need to work with an advisor that can get you in the right mix, that you can stomach the ups and downs because, hey, even though it's been a great ride for the last several years and it's been going up nicely, okay, it can change and it will change. Yep. Just so that you know, we don't know when, nope. but what we're going to say is because we don't know when, we don't try to time the market. So with that being said, on rate of return, again, work with your advisor on that. The last one is just rate of distribution. And I think for you know people who are retiring, it's one of those of it's probably their biggest concern. Well, Frank, it was interesting when I started, and we took classes in the beginning of my career. And you know, you could speak to the beginning of yours. We didn't have a lot of class or room education on rate of distribution because a lot of people that were retiring when I started, this was 18 years ago, they had a pension, Frank, and Social Security benefits, and those were the two areas of their. Income, my, my dad, my parents, my grandfather, the same thing. That's what the majority of their retirement was coming from that system, okay? I think that as of last year, less than like 10% of Americans have any form of a pension that they're going to retire to. So what does that mean, Frank? It means that we, we've saved up all this wealth. We've put it in our retirement plans at work, 401K, 403B, IRA. We're responsible. And now we step off into retirement and we're told, okay, Figure out how much you're going to need per year and how much you should draw out. And it's a, it's a really big concern for a lot of baby boomers and people that are getting ready to retire. They don't know the answer. And, and the big question is, is, you know, I always, you know, like kid clients when I say this, but I'll turn and say, so Dave, can you tell me how long you're going to live? Yeah. Oof. And it, as soon as we ask that question, it's like, well, if you don't know how long you're going to live, I can't pay it down over 10 years because what if you live 20? I can't pay it down over 20. What if you live 30? Yep. So it becomes a challenge. But we're not going to be able to, in our conversation no. today, to get into a deep fact find or, you know, or analysis. But here's what the reality is. During retirement, in order to have some peace of mind, you're going to need some guaranteed income that you're not going to have to worry about. You need to know that your expenses are covered. Yep. Beyond that, then it should be that you should have a portfolio that's invested in such a way that you can draw income from it and not worry about its ups and downs, knowing that the total return long term should work out for you. And when I say should is, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. Mark goes up, Mark goes down. That's the reason why you need some element of what you do during retirement to be guaranteed. Uh, oh, absolutely, Frank. Absolutely. And we 
And that withdrawal rate distribution rate, there's a lot of studies out there. People can Google it and, and look it up. I, I, I was a client the other day and they never had heard of it and we just Googled it. 2.8 million searches. Wow. And they were like, whoa. I said, yeah, how do you figure out? A lot of opinion and analysis yeah, who's, out there. Who's right, who's wrong, and who's you know going to give you the most efficient information. So there's an education you need to get, okay? And it, it's not just, hey, I'm just going to wing it because nobody emotionally does that, Frank. Mm -hmm. You see two things in retired people, or at least I see two very important things to them. One, they never want to outlive their assets, okay? That's the and, biggest concern. And two, and you've written about this, they don't intentionally bankrupt their net worth or savings. No. In retirement, they don't intend to. They do want to leave a legacy to their kids or grandkids or help them out while they're alive. It, it's so there's a dual thing there that they have to handle, and, and it does require you know some planning towards that with someone you know that does holistic planning. And again, you know, our last show we talked about you know money is more like science than it is math, and all these emotions and concerns are more of the science of it. Correct. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Uh, this has been Frank Congelosi and Dave Suki, and it's been a pleasure to be with you this month. We wish you a great month, and we look forward to being with you next month. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.